0: You're listening to the Comic Critics Podcast, a radio program and podcast produced at CHMR-FM in St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. It's the show where we consider, critique, and recommend comic books, graphic narratives, and other forms of comic-related popular culture. And welcome to this edition of the Comic Critics Podcast and Radio Program. I'm one of your hosts, Hans Roman,
1: And I'm Leah Locke. Emily Blackmore is not with us today but she will be back the next time around.
0: Curse of the summer vacation.
1: Yes. Lucky her.
0: <sighs> yes, lucky. Lucky her. <laughs> um so we've got, uh, but this was kind of our book club edition where we've read a book and we're going to talk about it.
1: And today our book is the Canadian graphic novel, The Outside Circle, a graphic novel by Patti Laboucaine Benson and art by Kelly M- Mellings. Sorry about that. Um, so this is a story about Pete. He's a young indigenous man um, who is sort of wrapped up in gang violence. He lives with his younger brother, Joey, and his mother. His mother is a heroin addict. She's got... A boyfriend and one night Pete and the boyfriend get into a fight the boyfriend ends up dying Pete gets sent to jail and um Initially, like, so Pete is also part of this gang, this this crew that he's got, and uh, initially he keeps a really tough demeanor about himself, and he stays with, stays in touch with this gang, and then um, through some rehabilitation, he comes to learn more about his ancestry, the power of his ancestry, and all of the destructive patterns of abuse, um, abuse that are part of the uh, various Aboriginal communities in Canada and it is a really interesting, beautifully executed book.
0: I was truly impressed by this. I can't believe I hadn't read it sooner. Well, it came out in 2015, I think. Um, So it's only been out a few years. I had seen it in uh, bookshops and libraries and I am guilty often of judging books by their cover. Uh,
1: me too,
0: 100%. <laughs> it's a thing, well, especially with comics, you yeah. know. I'll I'll quickly grab a new comic, give it a quick leaf through. And so what I saw on this one was this this angry-looking man on the front with blood running down his arm and you know, leafing through, I saw some fist fights and some muscles and you know, stuff that just didn't really interest me. So I put it back, but once I read through it, it's a beautifully constructed, very nuanced story. It's yeah. uh, it's absolutely worth it. I, I highly recommend it. One of the things that I really liked, of course, it talks about uh, indigenous uh, methods of, of restorative justice. And, uh, um, and and there's a program in particular. So Patty Laboukain Benson uh, is a, a Métis woman and worked with Native Counseling Services of Alberta. And she actually did... Uh, doctoral research on uh, providing historical trauma healing programs for Aboriginal offenders, and there's a program that they talk about in the comic. I think it's something like Finding Your Inner Warrior or yep. something like that. And um, she uh, was involved in, in implementing, I think, that program in the correction system in in Alberta. She
1: was, in fact, her PhD ended up becoming this graphic novel.
0: Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the things that I really liked about the book was it's a great example of how you can use comics and graphic novels to uh, make accessible, and not just make accessible, but present in innovative ways research and, right. and, and, and uh, academic ideas.
1: And history. And history. So what I liked so much about this book was that it, it's very vibrant, it's, it's very beautifully executed, but it's also kind of in your face you can't avoid the nuance you can't avoid the information that's in it so what i found really interesting um Oh, I want to talk a little bit about the art for a second so the beginning of the book when Pete is sort of living in this life filled with gang violence and alcoholism and the drug abuse by his mother and his mother's partner and all of these things it's it's filled all the panels are filled in with black it's like this very dark and destructive world that he's living in and then as the story progresses and as he he goes through these healings um, and, and through all of of these um this therapy you know the panels become less sparse and then they become white and it becomes like, like there's something happening there there's something spiritual happening and uh and, and it sounds silly i think maybe when i when i'm saying this but but it it's lighter and it's open and it's That's something that only a graphic novel can do because you can talk about this in in text. You can talk about this in your research, but you can't, I don't think, accurately convey the move from this turbulent life into something a lot more calming that that you can do in graphic novels. There's this great, um, there's this great double splash page where his uncle, who he doesn't have much of a connection with. Um, so he's got a, a younger brother, Joey. And Joey and Pete take two different paths to learn more about their ancestry and learn more about themselves. So Pete is very destructive. He goes to jail. He's going through this therapy, this, this warrior therapy. And Joey instead is making connections with the family that he didn't know. Right, so he's trying to find out. So he makes a connection with his uncle, and then the uncle comes, and he's explaining things to Pete. And what he's explaining is um, how he and his his sister, so Pete and Joey's mom, how they were part of the sixty scoop. And what it is is it's all these panels that are in. It's all this past images. All these panels are created through his tears and with this outset of black around it and you're watching kids being ripped apart from their families and this is so real and it was so much more powerful to read this week because of everything that's happening in the world right now and it, it, and it's not so far away cuz the 60s scoop you know instead of taking kids and putting them in residential schools they're taking kids from their families and they're putting them in white homes and so it was i, I just found it really powerful and how could you how could you not have that affect you even today when you look back at your lineage. So what a lesson for Pete and Joey, right? And what a lesson for us to learn about and to see it in a visual representation.
0: I hadn't noticed the color. You mentioned the the use of color. And and I I hadn't noticed that until you just mentioned it. I'm leaving for the book now. And it's, it's really striking. Yeah. um, I I don't know what, there must be a a term for it. But that space around the outer ends of the the edges. In the the gutters. Yeah, Yeah. Like it's, it switches from black to white. And, and there are Moments, like for instance, where he's, he's kind of connecting with his um, like bear spirit, and and different, and confronting gang members, where it'll switch back to black, and and sometimes there's a gray. you know when he's in the um, that sort of limbo period. Yeah. like,
1: where do I belong? Yeah.
0: So what a creative use of color! I, I hadn't kind of recognized that, but it was uh, what I what I really w- was stunned by in, in this book was what you described was that um, the way that it presents the dramatic history of colonization and when the book opens up um, I kinda liked the way that they depicted Pete uh, the main character he he was not a nice he was not a likable guy for the first several pages and he was this angry violent criminal and I was worried at first cuz it seemed to be tapping into a lot of stereotypes as well but then what the book does is it kind of once it's established this it deconstructs his character his own personal history the broader cultural history and shows how this was a product of centuries of colonialism and of families being ripped apart and all of these terrible things and did a beautiful just stunning job of presenting that history.
1: One of the things that caught me right from the beginning so about 10 pages or so in there is a full spread on on one page where Pete is getting his gang tattoo and all of the blood that's running down from the tattoo all mixes together and then within the strands of blood it's different years in history of colonialization and all of the things that happened. so it mentions the Indian Lands Act, the Gradual Civilization Act, the Indian Act, when residential schools, the 60s scoop and how all of those things are in his blood Mm-hmm. it's all a part of who he is even today and a lot of times you you know you hear critics out there saying you know just just being insensitive and saying things and not recognizing that you have to go back years and years and years to understand why the world is the way it is today like it's not just what we have in front of us right so that was a really beautiful page and then a few pages after that um, what I thought was actually really fun when I first read it so it's called a permanent guardianship order. So the mom is, um, withdrawing her guardianship over joey who's the younger brother and it's a form that she has to fill out and as the very beginning the first paragraph is the form as she would fill it out but then it goes in to talk about the bagot commission recommended the forced removal of indian children from their families in order to assimilate and christianize them and then it goes on and on and it talks about the 60s scoop and then it talks about the last residential schools and it ends with the aboriginal child welfare case continues to grow in 2012 68% of children involved in child welfare in alberta were aboriginal my son is now a part of this history and then she signs it over so it's a very blunt depiction and truth about what these children and what these families are going through you know
0: those two pages actually were were ones that that just really ju- jumped out at me because they show the the writers and artists working together not just to Tell you all this in the form of narrative But to really work it in in creative ways Into the text so that that guardianship Order I almost missed it actually because I thought Okay it's just a a page of bureaucratic Text but then I glanced Before turning the page and was like oh no Actually this is like There's a mini
1: history lesson in there
0: Yeah uh, very clever and then that other That tribal tattoo kind of morphing into the Timeline of terrible colonial Events uh, that was also absolutely Brilliant so there's the the artwork is, Is stunning and really helps convey this message. There, further in also, there's a two-page family tree where the the characters have to talk about their family history. And, and that also brings forward the, these traumatic uh, divisions and separations uh, caused by the state.
1: It, it, yeah, it does. It highlights addiction, sexual abuse relationships, physical abuse, domestic violence. But what I... F- Actually, I'm really glad you mentioned that because it segues perfectly into what I wanted to mention next, which is Pete. And Pete is full of anger and he does not want to participate in this. So when you're reading the story, he actually doesn't participate in that, um, that tree, I guess is, is what it is, um, that everybody else has done. And he just writes his name, his mom's name and his brother's name. And then he leaves everything else blank and he's very angry. And as he gets more and more angry, there's no panels here. As he gets more and more angry, his face um, hardens and it gets this mask over it and the mask is not at all depicting who he is spiritually and that's what he's supposed to be trying to find out and it shows his resistance to that um, tapping into his ancestry his spirituality and and those things and I and then it just eventually that mask will just shatter and will bring about something else but the way that the art conveys his anger and his resistance and his hesitancies I thought it was just so perfect mm-hmm.
0: and and the the educational dimension of the book, you know it it so it, first of all it kind of Presents some of that colonial history and the residential schools in the form, you know This subtle backdrops worked into the art and then once uh, Pete is in jail and he he enters this program then that there an elder comes and speaks with him and mm-hmm. starts Presenting the history the broader context and then after the elder kind of talks about it uh, for, further on in the book then Pete's uncle arrives and the uncle kind of gives Personalizes it further by showing how their actual family Worked into this history and and what yeah. was the fate of all the different family members? so it it just presents it from so many angles the historical level the, the broader cultural level and then the personal family level from Pete and just oh it's brilliantly constructed
1: the outside circle um, which i didn't know but the outside circle itself is a term used by ancestors to describe the warrior men in their tribe that protected women and children and elders before European colonization. And I thought that that was really interesting because when I read it, not coming from that lens, I'm thinking the outside circle, you're not fully a part of something, you're on the periphery of something. And I think it works in both those ways because Pete is trying. He's trying to protect his brother, he's trying to protect his mom, he's not doing a very good job of it and gets sent to jail, and then he doesn't know where he belongs. And I I thought it was a really interesting title and it was a really great sort of play on words with, Uh, what it means to that community as well and to the larger Canadian community who are reading this who need to be educated it's a a sort of a way in to better understand I think it's interesting so I was a teacher and I really like this book from the perspective of um, an educator and it's one that I would teach without hesitation to any of my uh, my students because when I taught histories and I taught histories from grade 7 through 12 there's very little in there about our Canadian ties to Aboriginal history and the truth that's there. I remember in one textbook, there was only one paragraph about residential schools, and that was something that didn't sit well with me, so we spent an entire month just learning about it as much as we could, teaching each other, because what we had in front of us wasn't enough. And it's interesting, because I met with somebody... Um, who was an avid comic enthusiast as well, and I asked them what they thought of the book and they thought that it was really too educational and it was too preachy. And I thought that was a really interesting criticism because for me I I don't I don't know, maybe I'm not separating that part of who I am from being a reader, I don't know. so but I thought it worked really well. So to hear that you really liked it as well, I think that's that's sort of solidifying my, belief that, yes, this is a really amazing book, regardless.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting, because when I read the bio of the author and her academic background and and research, I was worried it would be preachy, because I've I've read uh, there are... Well, there's a growing number of comics out there. So there's a growing number of comics out there that are trying to be educational in very yeah. various ways. And I do find some of them can be too just top-down and preachy, and they read, like, textbooks that just yes. have some art on them. But That's this right. was totally different. I found this, it had uh, a plot, it, it connected, it resonated so emotionally, and it was just beautifully drawn, beautifully illustrated, beautifully written. Um, it's, yeah, it stands alone on, uh, on its own as a narrative in addition to... Presenting important, yeah. yeah. I, I found it interesting in the context of, of of her present using this to present her doctoral research. Um, there's a, a new series from University of Toronto, the uh, ethnogra ethnographic series, and oh, it's cool. it's these anthropological comics. So it's anthropologists presenting their research. So the the first volume came out. Several months ago, called uh, Lissa, a story of medical promise, friendship, and revolution, and it's kind of a medical anthropology comic uh, set in Egypt uh, during the Tahrir Square protests and, okay. and and so on. Uh, but it's it's two anthropology professors, and it's it's about um, medical anthropology. So there's a uh, one of the two. The, the story follows two young girls, one of whom. Her mother develops breast cancer, and then she has the gene as well, and has to decide what to do about that. And then her friend, who's Egyptian, his her father has kidney uh, disease, for due to environmental factors. And so it just kind of it's an interesting way of engaging with these complex ideas. In this case, around medical anthropology. I really like the idea of using comics and graphic novels um, as educational tools, but I do think that the medium should not be appropriated just as a way of providing illustrated research.
1: That's right. There
0: still needs to I think be a literary dimension to it. So I I think Lissa did a really good job of it but the outside circle uh, to my mind is just phenomenal in the way it it did that.
1: Yeah it was it was fabulous. I, I don't have anything but good things to say about this book. I. I, I'm not very critical of it because I love it so much.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think definitely everyone should read. and it should be it should really be taught in, in the school system.
1: It should absolutely be taught in the school system.
0: It got me thinking, you know okay, what other indigenous themed uh, comics and graphic novels are out there? Do you have any other
1: Moonshot? So Moonshot, the short story collection, which was a GoFundMe sort of a campaign yeah. at first, but yeah. So that is excellent. There's actually even a nod to an X-Men superhero in that with Echo's story, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um I love that one and now there's the second volume coming out. So hopefully we will have that soon at the library. Yeah. Yeah, we have yeah, the that... first one. It's exquisite it uh,
0: yeah that was absolutely superb. the artwork is just stunning and the stories and i really liked uh it was edited by hope nicholson it and was. a lot of those those themes are they're not just retellings of traditional myths they're also sci-fi you know it's, oh, it's yeah. reimagining other futures uh but through indigenous lenses and perspectives and i i thought it was just a brilliant co- collection.
1: Um, there's another one, and uh, off the top of my head, the author is escaping me, although I think his last name is Robinson, but it's Sugar Falls, which is another really um, important book to read about the regi- residential school system, as well as, even though it's not a graphic novel, it's an illustrated text, but I would sort of say that it, it sort of lends itself to the graphic format as well is a book called Fatty Legs, which is a juvenile fiction book. Um, but that also covers um, what it was like to grow up in the residential school system. And it, they're both fabulous books.
0: Cool. Yeah. An- another illustrated text, I guess, type it, is the 500 Years of Resistance comic uh, oh, yeah. by Gord Hill. Um, that's out on Arsenal Pulp Press. And that's a A very short read and it's basically two page spreads on different examples of indigenous resistances uh, in the Americas. It covers the entirety uh, from North to South America Um, but yeah there's a lot of lesser-known histories there.
1: One of my favorite is a children's book, an illustrated children's book called A Coyote Columbus Story by Tom King. Have you read that one? I have not. And so it takes Columbus's story and turns it on its head and um, and it addresses the fact that while Columbus may have been a great discoverer, there were people there before him. And Coyote, um, the um, the animal god, uh, I guess, or spirit, um, who is a is a trickster and mischievous. Um, a mischievous spirit. He, uh, he plays a big part in that and, and turns that whole story up on its head. And the colors are neon, vibrant colors. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, but it shows that with the col- European colonization comes disease and comes, um, you know, just having too much stuff. And, and t- it's just it's, it's beautiful. But it is it's so great. So A Kyle Columbus Story is a, is a really fun, often banned book. Really challenged book. It's a picture book, children's really? picture book. Yeah, you should have a look at that one, too. I love that one.
0: Wow. Yeah. So. All kinds of great uh, comics out there. Then this just touches the iceberg, I'm sure. But The Outside Circle, definitely up there. Definitely a uh, number one recommendation for me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Five stars. So we don't have a book picked for the next one yet, but we will have one. Yes. in two weeks time on our next Gutter episode
0: and uh, and Emily will be back with us for our next book club I'm sure she, she
1: will, yes, fantastic. so we'll be back to talk books and uh, tune in to our Gutter episode for some great book recommendations and to hear what we'll be talking about next yep,
0: yeah. and in the meantime check out The Outside Circle, it's out on House of Anansi uh, Press and by Patty Labucane Benson with art by Kelly Millings, fantastic book
1: okay, adios amigos
0: see you next time You've been listening to The Comic Critics, a radio program and podcast produced at CHMRFM in St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. We'll be back in about two weeks with more comic-related popular culture.